0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to God's Word with Friends, a podcast from Gospel Center Missionary Church. We're glad that you've joined us today. My name is John Reynas, and at the table with me today is Pastor Ben, Tara, Missy, and Pastor Jim. And of course, we're glad to have you. If you're on the go, thanks for listening. If you happen to have a minute to sit, you may want to open your Bible or Bible app to today's passage, which is Micah chapter 6, verse 8. That's Micah 6, verse 8. And before we read the passage, let's pray together. Missy, would you open us
1: in prayer? Yes. Dear Lord, we thank you for this chance we have to gather around your word. We thank you that your word is so available to us. Help us to always appreciate that fact and to hide it in our hearts and in our minds and help us to apply it to our lives. In thy name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Micah chapter 6 verse 8 says, He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Today, we want you to know that you should live rightly by God's standards and not the world's. Live rightly by God's standards and not the world's. And I'm curious, have any of you ever bought into a crazy fad? Have you ever bought into a crazy fad?
2: Yeah, bro. go ahead oh yeah bro um so it was around college and all of my friends started going peace out bro peace out bro and so just the word peace any way you could sandwich the word peace into a, a like at the end of a sentence or anything like that so we'd be like yo peace man and so we like we walk around and be like hey gotta go peace out everybody and uh I still catch myself doing it today, and I regret every time I do it. (laughs) I've seen
0: you do that several times,
2: leaving the church. Yeah. yeah. I just say goodbye to people. Yeah. Well, I try to to shorten it now just to peace. Right. So it seems very holy. There you go. Peace. Peace to you. I didn't
3: realize you were that cool then.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Your powers of perception are lacking.
3: (laughs) When I was uh, much younger... um, I and mean, none of you existed at that time, I'm sure, there was a fad called um, madras plaid. And you would buy these shirts that were a real bright plaid. And, uh, and the, red, the deal is, what would happen is, is as you wash them, the colors would blend together. And uh, the shirt would never look exactly the same. Of course, if you wore that shirt and happened to get in a rainstorm or worked up a sweat too much... Then your skin would look that plaid color. So you take your shirt off, and it, you would you would be basically still be wearing the shirt because the dyes would have gone into your skin. I'm not sure how healthy that was for me.
4: I went through a YOLO phase. Uh, YOLO stands for you only live once, and uh, kind of like what Ben said, I I regret that phase quite a bit. Looking through like old Facebook statuses. I would say something real stupid and followed up with YOLO like I'm gonna go get ice cream ice cream. YOLO yeah. yeah, I didn't love that.
2: You were, you were living dangerously right there.
1: When I was a teenager, the big deal was to buy forty five records and every if they were like square covers and they would have the picture of the singer or artist on it. And so I plastered my wall with those covers. And my dad would come in my room and just go, all the money that could go to missions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, the uh, yeah. I mean, you remind me of like you talk about clothing and just clothing fads that were around, and some of them come back around. I remember when I was, I want to say it was probably junior high days. Um, it became popular to what they call French roll your pants, and uh, you would fold the. your pant leg over and then roll it up tight so it'd have a like a pleat up the front of it and believe it or not it it, like tight cuff pants have come back in style now you know and they have a sometimes elastic around the bottom and I saw a person two months ago this girl had the exact french roll that everybody used to wear when I was in school but um yeah clothing fads there was a my wife doesn't remember it, so maybe it's just a Michigan thing. You know, Michigan people are can be unique, and uh, we had a, a one word for it a brand of uh, clothing called skids, and they were the coolest pant. Like everybody had a pair of skids, and I wanted one so bad. And nowadays, it's the exact same thing as what you call pajama pants. Mm-hmm. They they look just like pajama pants, but they, they were called skids, and everybody wore them to school, and it, it was just a pair of flannel pants. Hmm that uh, elastic around the waist and around the ankle, and that was your skids. Hmm. And they had a little insignia on the back of a car skid and a yellow sign.
1: Do you own skids now?
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I do have flannel pajama pants.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's easy,
0: isn't it, to buy into a fad. Mm -hmm. You just see something that uh, it comes along and everybody's excited about it, and the next thing you know, you're excited about it, too. Um, everyone has been at beanie babies. Oh, we got in. Don't
2: even go there. Uh,
0: <laughs> I can remember spending three hours a night with my wife going store to store looking for beanie babies. And we actually had a great time doing it, so I don't regret it. But uh, Really?
3: We just so, timed together with my wife. It was so, fun. He's thinking Beth Ann's not, not listening to this. Well, thing.
2: you know, I. Had, so, my, well, we're really getting into fads here, but long story short, it's when beanie babies were in the Happy Meals. Yeah, And my mom would collect every Happy Meal toy. And so she was buying Happy Meal after Happy Meal to get the full set of Beanie Babies from McDonald's. And let's not revisit that. I'm yeah, I'm so the emotional.
0: joy of fads, it's easy to get sucked into them, even talking about them. And the fact is we can get sucked into the way the world tells us to live, what the world tells us is right. And in this passage, we're encouraged by God to live rightly by God's standards and not the world's. So, how does the world's standards differ from God's, as we see in this passage?
2: Well, it's one of the things as we were beginning to talk about this, and I'll just point it out as the beginning, is that, like, um, this verse is like a God sandwich. You know, it starts off with, the Lord has told you what is good, and do whatever it is with your God. And so it, th- that is the framework for all of the words that are about to come in between these two things, is that the Lord is telling us, and we are to do it with the Lord. And so these a lot of these words I think we could just interchangeably use for all sorts of things or define them by our own standards. But we have to point to God first when we look at these things.
4: Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I think, you know, even the words like, justly, love, mercy, like those those are words that can have very different meanings depending who, who gives the definition. Um, so looking to the Bible for those definitions is important. But I think right now um, loving people is looked at so differently in the world. Like to love somebody, um, the world sees it as you need to love everything about them, every behavior, every action, um, and not necessarily just the person like you know if I disagree with you that means I hate you um, and you know that's not how how the Bible tells us to love people um, in fact it tells us to hold each other accountable in things
3: yeah and in, in the context of this is um, actually a religious uh, trends kind of a religious um, uh, a fad? fads and it said, and it talks about it, it said um, burnt offerings. Now those are good. Um, plea, uh, you know, thousand rams, ten thousand rivers of oil. Um, off, even offering your firstborn. But he says, but this is what God really wants from us. This is what God really expects from us as followers of God is to act justly, to let justice be so. Apparent in our lives that uh, that nobody nobody can truly be wronged by what we do. Now they may get ticked off because we, as Tara said, we don't agree with them and everything. But to love mercy, you know, how do we love mercy? As we we are really opening ourselves up to to uh, seeing people as God sees people, and then to walk humbly with God. Um as Tara said, hum- humility is something that, that the world doesn't see it the way God's Word sees it.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that yeah, humility, I think that's so hard, and it's in low quantities nowadays. Because, you know, it, it seems like everybody is, um, you know, quick to want to share their opinion or, you know, get what is coming to them. But when it talks about the humility of Christ who surrendered everything in heaven to be like us and to be with us, I think that would change a lot of perspectives on what we consider to be justice and what we consider to be merciful if we had a good dose of humility in our lives.
3: And we see, on social media, we see all these things just going haywire. The justice, the, the, the mercy, the humility, we just don't see it happening on social media
1: right now our country is going through all the protests and the riots and the looting which is so sad and if you look at verse 9 it says listen the Lord is calling to the city and to fear your name is wisdom Um, I just that verse caught my eye with all that's happening in our country right now and fearing God is the answer to all this
2: I think it's interesting that before that, and I completely agree with, you know, mine just says, fear the Lord if you are wise. (laughs) It's like, duh. Um, But there's so much value in the verses that sandwich this verse. You know, Jim pointed to the religious context of the, the one prior to that. But if you look at it from a rhetorical standpoint, like the argument is the offerings that we bring are ever increasing and more ludicrous. And so, like you look at like burnt offering, good ten thousand rams. What ten thousand rivers of oil? Uh, Like the sacrifice gets more extreme and more crazy. And and isn't that the way of the world? That when the world is chasing after its own forms and definitions of godliness and justice and righteousness, don't they just get more and more extreme? I mean, I mean, look at this. That people think it's justice to go out and burn somebody's building or burn someone's business, that's justice in someone's mind today. That seems extreme and crazy to me. And I think that that's what happens is that when we follow the world's perspective and we let the world define what's good and and, and these type of things, it will just demand ever extreme sacrifices or extreme payments to honor that type of a belief.
0: When I think um, a different perspective of reading the passage shows that um, the world standards sometimes are the world standards or are human standards for worship. In other words, we think we've lived up and made God happy by I came to church, I put money in an offering plate, I read a chapter of my Bible, I um, I said a prayer before I went to sleep, I did all of these things. And it's a reminder that if we are really following after God, it affects the way we live all of life from day to day and the way we interact with people. And we carry on our, our work and our workplace. We interact with our neighbors. We interact with those who uh, we do business with. And that, um, yes, we can bring, as you know, Jim mentioned, different things here of burnt offerings and calves a year old. And is the Lord pleased with all this? And the Lord says, you know, what I'm really pleased with is when you act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we see uh, just one other perspective is that we see that we can think I'm doing the religious things and that makes me right with God. But also the challenge to say, but I'm to live for God in all of my daily life and that his righteousness should shine through my daily actions, his love for mercy, his humility, his justice shining through. And I think that does then look different than what we see all across the world and in the news. Um, it should look different from that. So any other thoughts as we wrap up on Micah eight? Uh,
2: just, you know, as you were talking, it's, when you look at it, it talks here of Israel, it talks of God's people, like, it's easy for us as a church today to separate, because we live in a country that separates church and state. Um, The the people that were being talked to here, they were a theocracy, you know. Um, The church was the state, and those who were in rule were the priests and those type of things. Now, granted, there was King David and those type of things, but even in that, it was viewed as very much a, a religious construct. And so it's we as Christians are really faced with a tough challenge today is how do we live in this world but not of it? How do we shine our light for Jesus but realize that, you know, we are members of a country that doesn't necessarily recognize Christ the same way that we do? And so I think we need to continue to shine the right example. And yeah. as, as we read on in this passage,
3: um, we see it as Israel is turned away from God, the punishment that will come upon Israel. And if the punishment comes upon Israel, his chosen people, won't punishment also come upon our country Mm -hmm. for doing the very same things that Israel was guilty of doing?
2: I think, as always, it starts with us as the church.
0: And so God's word to us today is this, live rightly by God's standards and not the world. Thanks for joining us today. God bless and live by God's standards.